Okay, begin recording. Hi, welcome, and this is the seventh episode of Malaysian Christian Talk. Hi, welcome to Malaysian Christian Talks, where our goal is making disciples through cyberspace as we navigate on musings of our biblical faith. Today we have a special guest, and it's none other than my wife. Hi, uh, Yan Ping. Yeah, and uh, as preempted last, uh, the last episode. I did say that this episode will be about ruminations on denominations. But before we begin, let me just ask you a question. Uh, why why do you want to bring this up? Um, well, because I was invited by my husband. <laughs> but I guess also someone who is not a pastor or not a theologian like me, and yet having a lot of friends from different denominations and sitting down on the same table and realizing that, hey, sometimes the God that all of us love together, the way we relate to God or the way we speak about God can be sometimes quite different. And how do we go about that? Yeah, I think it's really important, especially in the context of Malaysians, lah. Yeah, and how sometimes we do not know our identity, and when you talk about denominations, you get like a, a vast array of a spectrum. Those who say, "Oh, I'm a hardcore Methodist. I am Methodist. You're Christian. I am Methodist." No kind of thing. And the other group that says, "Um, just Christian. Ah, why? Why does it matter?" Mm. Yeah, so why not just let it let you take the reins right now and share with all of us, right? What, what is it that that's been weighing on your mind, and how do we go about it? Yeah. So I guess for starters, let's make a few disclaimers. Uh, I don't necessarily find talking about denominations per se very helpful, especially in the context of Malaysia, mainly because of three reasons. Uh, number one. Uh, we are living in a multi-religious society, and as Christians, we are a, a religious minority already. So we're kind of carving our identity out against uh, our society in Malaysia. Number two is the fact that Malaysia, being uh, formerly colonized, we tend to look to the West quite a bit. So we get a lot of our influences from the West, and that also uh, includes elements of our faith. And the third reason is growing up. A lot of the pastors and the the church leaders that I've met growing up, a lot of them were not really trained in a theological school per se. So they just answered the call to be pastoral and to look after God's sheep. And because of that, they don't have necessarily have a very clearly defined. Theological stand. A lot of them went to so-called the school of、uh, hands-on ministry, or if if you like it, the school of the Holy Spirit. So because of that, denominations can be quite fuzzy in Malaysia. So so let me hear you clearly and see whether I got it right. The reason why denominations are fuzzy is because、uh, number one, we are already. In a multi-ethnic country, so what? What are you talking about? Denominations.、Yeah. When I sign up for my IC, there's no. Are you a Methodist? Are you a Presbyterian? Yeah. And you're happy enough that you don't feel it as that line line lah. Yeah, yeah, true. And also the fact that our main source of reference comes from、uh, the West, and that our pastors、uh, had to go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. So I guess because of that, you will hear certain things like, "Oh, that Methodist church is not very Methodist." 
or uh, oh that church used to be brethren but is now more Pentecostal you, oh, you this get this Anglican kind of, is very charismatic yeah the you get all these kind of uh, things being thrown around yeah okay. but still um, you do see certain smaller differences and as a person as I said who is not uh, you know up there pastor theologian whatever I do find that there are three kind of helpful ways to identify differences among Christians in Malaysia yeah and yeah so I'll break it down to three categories one is how we engage or how we know God okay two is how we see salvation how are you saved mm. and three is how is the gospel shared okay so uh, how you know God how you see how you view salvation and how do you share the gospel I'll start with the first section which is uh, the longest bit so what I find helpful is to look at it through what's called the Wesleyan quadrilateral it was coined by this guy called Albert Outler I think where there are four areas in which people engage or people know God one is through scripture mm. um, the second one is through experience okay the third one is through reason or rational thought and the fourth one is through tradition so I think if you just hear these four you will probably start thinking in your head uh, what God means to you through these four different ways yeah, I'm already thinking in mine yeah yeah and chances are you might engage with all four but also chances are you might lie heavily more heavily in one quadrant okay uh, of course so uh, apparently Methodists hold it in quite good balance uh, but for the rest of us yeah so let me unpack a little bit let's start with scripture which is kind of the most straightforward so for Christians our scripture is the Bible and we do believe that God speaks to us through his word but there is also kind of a spectrum on how much God speaks to us through his word alone or is it through other places um, so you get things like uh, solo scriptura sola scriptura prima scriptura right all the yeah, different yeah. Um, whether uh, God can only speak to you through scripture and scripture alone or God can speak to you through scripture but also other things but the others may be right may not be right or whether you know God can speak through you to you through all kinds of different means but scripture is a primary authority so, so that's a spectrum yeah yeah that's a spectrum yeah, yeah. and uh, people who lie very heavily in this quadrant would be people like the evangelicals the reforms and uh, I, I like this quote by this guy called John Owen where he says loosely he says if in regards to personal revelation so God telling you something personally if the personal revelation doesn't agree with the Bible it is wrong it's false but if it is found in the Bible then it's unnecessary mm. you know because it's already in the Bible mm. so those are people who lie very heavily in the God speaks to you through his word quadrant moving on then you've got the second quadrant quadrant which is experience so where God really kind of comes into your daily life and your daily experience and you can really experience God's tangible presence tangible love and he you know can kind of speak to you some people even say in an audible voice um, so people who are in this quadrant hold on to experiences like um, in the Bible the road to Emmaus where Jesus was speaking to his two disciples and explaining scripture but they just didn't get it until they sat down and they broke bread with Jesus and they had that experience and it went oh this is Jesus that we are talking to 
Mm. Right, so people who hold on to that quadrant will go, uh, I've heard things like, you know, oh, you explain to this person about Jesus, they won't understand. They just, you need, just need to pray for an encounter with Jesus for mm. them. And then it will all make sense. The kind of uh, Paul on the road to Damascus experience. Mm. Yep. People heavier in this quadrant will be the Pentecostals, some charismatics, and uh, you will hear things like, oh, uh, God spoke to me this morning mm. or uh, we need to claim the promises very tangible experiences of God's love in your life or the whole you know pray and declare and decree certain have things have faith that move mountains you yeah, know? yeah yeah so these are the people that are uh, the Christians that are heavily in this quadrant right uh, also in this quadrant are actually people who uh, believe in community so um, I, I experience a very word-based church but they really sort of share God's love through the love of community and through that I, I personally experienced what God's love means and you know it, it wasn't so much about preaching to you the theory of God's love but just experiencing it and and that just clicked for me yeah okay yeah. okay um, so the third quadrant would be reason. Wait, wait, pause. Third quadrant, but still in the first point, right? Wow. Okay, okay. Don't Ooh. worry, the next two points are not half as long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the third quadrant is reason, and it, these are Christians who really engage with the mind and believe that God gave us a brain and, you know, we can engage with God intellectually as well. So examples that I've heard is, for example, the issue on whether or not women should preach or have authority in church. You have a scripture that says, you know, maybe women shouldn't or should remain silent. First Corinthians and people who look at this will go look at the context of where the passage was written. So Paul was speaking to Corinthians, which is a church that was very um, messy and he was trying to establish order. Also the context of that historical time where women were less educated, they couldn't read the Bible for themselves, they were illiterate, so um, it would make sense if women don't so-called teach others mm. uh, based on just their opinion. Mm. So these are people who engage with Christianity with reason. Uh, another funny example that I could think of is, uh, I don't know if you have heard of the COVID vaccine and the Mark of the Beast conspiracy. Oh yes, I've heard. Yeah, but yeah, for the sake of our listeners, just explain. Yeah, yeah so there's a, a verse in Revelations that talks about the Mark of the Beast where, you know, uh, it, it's something on your hand or your forehead that will mark you as worshipper of the enemy and um, some people some Christians think that oh if you get the COVID vaccine they're gonna like stick a chip secretly as they vaccinate you uh, and that would be the mark of the beast so don't take the vaccine maybe someone who thinks in reason would go well you know vaccines are usually not injected in your hand or your forehead they're usually in your shoulder or something also there have been multiple multiple diseases and viruses that you know have been spread through the world and we have lots of vaccines for them i remember as a baby i had the i think the polio shot yeah and the bcg and stuff like that yep. so what separates the covid pandemic from all these other you know different vaccines yeah vaccines mm. so these are people who worship god call themselves christians but also choose to engage with christianity with their mind mm. and reason is a heavy quadrant for them <clears throat> now the last quadrant is tradition and oh just to say that those in the third quadrant the reason one would be more of the scholars a lot of uh, progressive or liberal christians mm. um, if you're very heavily there now moving on to the fourth quadrant 
which is tradition, is things that are adopted by the church through centuries, which may or may not be found in scripture or might be just derived from scripture. So an example that I can think of is the concept of Trinity. Um, Trinity is a word that you can't find throughout the entire Bible, but if you read scripture enough, you can derive the concept that God is three in one. And that took our uh, forefathers, the early church fathers, a lot, a lot of time of argument back and forth to, to get that concept right. Yeah. Uh, which you, if you just sat down and read scripture, you may not have thought of the word or the concept. Mm-hmm. So that's a traditional, you know, heritage, so to speak. Yeah. So four, four main parts of quadrants, scriptures, reason, tradition, and also experience. Makes me wonder where are you at generally? Where's your quadrant line? So I do have my own inclinations and stand, but I rather not <laughs> say them so that uh, as a listener, you can have kind of a non-biased view. I did try my best to, when I explained the quadrants, kind of show the more reasonable kind of side of each quadrant, but you will realize if you delve deep in each quadrant, there are pros and cons as well. Right. So, Okay, and as for Malaysian Christian Talks, uh, do comment below which quadrant you think that this channel uh, and this podcast lies on. This or, you or which quadrant you think you are yourselves. Yeah, and have a discussion among whoever you're with right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and chances are if you're feeling a bit um, triggered <laughs> that there are certain quadrants that exist, uh, I think that tells you also that you, you hold very dearly to a certain quadrant. Or if you go like, I never knew that there are people who don't engage in my quadrant. I think, you know, this is a good talk for you to explore and get to know other Christians as or well. Or those who say, how dare you add other quadrants? Is scriptures alone? Grace alone? Okay, anyway. Yeah, and also helpful to know that it's not <laughs> black and white, as in people don't just like, one quadrant. It's a mixed match of bags. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time you <coughs> engage in all four, but it depends how much you do. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. Second mm. point. Um, well, finally. Uh, the second way I feel in which people differ is how you look at salvation. So of course you have like the classic big two camps of Calvinism and Arminism, uh, and you can read all there is out there to it. I won't talk so much about it. Uh, I'll just show you one. That bores me though. But anyway, <laughs> I'll just show you one example of scripture in how um, these two different groups engage in. So Ephesians two verse eight says, "For by grace you have been saved." through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god so if you're a protestant christian of course uh, you have the catholics as well and we can talk about that another time but if you're a protestant christian and you look at this verse i think everyone agrees that salvation equals grace plus faith okay for by grace you have been saved through faith um what is on dispute is what is the gift mentioned in the verse is the gift the grace or is the gift the faith or is the gift both so um, usually if you're a Calvinist you would say that the grace is uh, the gift is both the grace and faith meaning to say you can't even get the faith on your own accord it is God in his grace who enables you to even believe in him Um, if you're an Armenian you talk a little bit more about the non-work of faith 
uh, where uh, faith is, you, you can't earn your salvation, but faith is a choice for you which God gives you to freely believe in Him. So you can choose to believe, you can choose to walk away. So yeah, just by looking at this one verse, you can see that it, it depends how you interpret it, and there are lots of verses throughout the whole Bible which you can use as basis for different sites. So right now the listeners, if, one, if they react to one of those, like, how can? Then you know you're probably the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just to play a little bit, bit of a devil's advocate, usually Calvinists would say that, uh, you know, faith is from God, I can't, uh, I can't work for it, or I can't, uh, you know, have it myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas uh, Arminians will say that you know I can actively seek God and choose to have faith in Him. But what I, a lot of friends that I find, um, a lot of the Calvinists that I meet tend to work very hard for their faith, uh, and I think it. It usually is due to this thing that Calvinists also, also hold on to, which is total depravity. Mm. Which means that, you know, as humans, we're totally deprived, we're totally sinful. We, we can't just be good on our own. Um, and because of that, I'll, I'll hear lingo like, you know, oh, I don't understand scripture enough, or I'm not studying enough, or I'm not being holy enough. And, and they work very hard to, you know, engage God and, and almost as if their faith depends on it. I find it a real irony, don't you think so? Yeah. yeah this is something that I hear Calvinists say also. So they, they theologically explain about how it's by grace alone, by faith alone. And then they keep saying, oh, I need to do more. I need to be holier. I need to please God. I need to do His will. And then uh, I need to, and I'm not good enough. I, I, I fear God. And then in line, sometimes I find the inconsistencies. Yeah, but on the flip side, I also see that inconsistency with Armenians. Mm. Uh, of course, you can argue what the theology is, but like just based on day-to-day -day conversations, I think a lot of Armenians that I meet, uh, maybe because they're more Pentecostal or something, um, they tend to really depend on God's um, power or God's divine grace. So they'll go say things like, oh, you know, this guy, only God can intervene. Only God can save my life. Well, that's oh. really sovereign of God, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's there's very little sense of like you know my faith is a choice uh, to believe in God. You know. Yeah. A disclaimer. Um, I should have made a statement because uh, both Calvinists and Armenian Armenians do believe in the, in God's sovereignty. Yeah. How that plays itself out, uh, then becomes the different story. But yeah. again, uh, I don't think this channel will ever ever talk about this. I feel it's a waste of time sometimes. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, it's just a bit of devil's advocate. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's the second uh, way in which Christians might differ in terms of how you view salvation. The third way, which I personally find very interesting, is how you share the gospel. So I'm going to say three sentences and see which one resonates with you more. Sentence number one, the gospel uh, is offensive. Sentence number two, the gospel is love. And sentence number three, the gospel is a lifestyle. Now you might hear these phrases in your churches or something that you hold on to yourself. If you hold on more to the first statement where the gospel is offensive, chances are uh, you emphasize on the fact that the gospel is to be preached. But, Pastor, if you're hearing the, the, the cast, we apologize. We forgot to off the window. Close the sliding door. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, if, if you feel that the gospel is offensive, chances are you really believe that the gospel is to be preached. Statement two, if you really believe that the gospel is love, chances are you will express the gospel through a lot of good works among society. 
And statement three, if you believe the gospel is a lifestyle, you really believe that the gospel is about living like Jesus, a life of transformed holiness, and um, just you know becoming a better person day by day. And through that, people can see that you know God has worked in your life. And obviously, we know when we talk about sharing the gospel, it's supposed to encompass all three, lah. Yeah. And and Jesus did all three. Yeah. You know, he preached that the kingdom of God is near. He called people snakes, vipers, for you know not living up to the standard of God. So yeah, he preached. He he definitely showed love.、Mm. He did a lot of healings and miracles, and he he you know spoke. He crossed cultures to speak to the Samaritan woman.、Um, my personal favorite miracle is the first one, the wedding in Cana. So I know that there's a lot of symbolisms,、uh, Jesus' blood and all that kind of thing. But from Mary's perspective of that miracle, Jesus just did it to sit. Save the face of the wedding couple, and it's、mm. a very so-called unimportant mundane miracle. But it was Jesus' first miracle, and Jesus did it.、Um, and if you talk about the third、uh, way of viewing the gospel, where it's a lifestyle, Jesus spoke on the beatitudes. He talked about you know having a transformed life. Um, in God and God calling you for holiness.、Mm. So yeah, he did all three. Mm. Mm. And I think as humans, it's just hard for us to do all three because we're humans,、uh, and chances are we emphasize on one more than the other. Right, right. So as we're coming to a close, ah,、uh, because the you unpack a whole lot of things, so I don't want people to get lost. Ah,、uh, the context about this is again ruminations on denominations, but the whole idea is. As a Malaysian Christian,、um, holding on to what your denomination is may not be the most helpful thing、mm. or means most accurate. But she's suggesting instead you need to look at three ways: how you know God, how you are safe, and how you do evangelism. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my next question is um. Where, when, what's our takeaway from this? How would you want to usher our listeners to move forward from this? Yeah, I think. First and foremost, don't be、um, shocked <laughs> when you sit down with different Christians and you go, "Hey, how come we can't have the same kind of lingo or dialogue?"、Uh, and it all stems from you know these three things. But how I how how I look at it is, I hold on to First Corinthians, where Jesus says, "You know, Jesus broke the bread and he said, 'This is my body, which is for you.'" And Jesus' body. In the Bible, has a lot of symbolism of the church.、Um, so we are His body, and it is broken. Jesus' body was broken, and the church is broken and divisive. But Jesus says, "This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and do what you know."、Uh, we take Holy Communion in remembrance that Jesus has died for us as sinners, and He has redeemed us. To a restored relationship with God.、Mm, so good. Yeah, yeah, and we are all Christians. We are all part of His body, brothers and sisters in Christ. There are things that we hold on to and we agree on, which is Jesus died for our sins. There might be things that we differ, but can we sit down together with a fellow Christian, have a meal together in remembrance of what Jesus has done for you and me?、Mm-hmm. And despite all these differences that we might have. Do we show the love that Jesus showed us? Jesus did say, you know,、uh, love one another. For through this, the world will know that you are my disciples.、Mm. Yeah. So, are denominations important? Yes, because they help us engage with God. But 
you know, are they so important that we can no longer talk to a Christian friend? Or we have to, every time we sit and meet, we have to make sure we correct someone's theology? I don't think so. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that that's a lot of food for thought uh, for all of us and um, for all of you who are listening out there, uh, whatever denominations you are, I guess, why not you ask yourself or ask the people around you, how do you know God? Scripture, tradition, experience, thought, rational thought? Um, how do you view salvation and what, what constitutes of your salvation? And, and last but not least, uh, how do you naturally do evangelism? But always, always remember that we are all one in Christ, we are the church um, and that's the challenge I guess you pose for all of us to really know um, where do we choose our battles as Christians in Malaysia yeah yeah, yeah. as you all know yeah I was gonna say that there was one pastor that gave up a few pastors gave up their lives for this ministry and they had no time to talk about um, bickering about theology yeah and 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 here's what I'll say um, Till the day the churches in Malaysia are ready to die, don't tell me who has the right or wrong theology. Yeah, a friend reminded me once, if you guys are still living in comfort and like you can still worship freely, that's not persecution by the way. But if you're a Christian, we need to be expectant and anticipate that suffering and persecution will come and Malaysia is about time as well yeah uh, but yeah that, maybe that's another topic huh yeah ending on a sober note yeah yeah like <laughs> whoa like Andrew what did you just say that really knocked me off my shoes I apologize um, well if there's nothing else uh, thank you so much Yenping on, on joining us uh, do you have any final messages for our listeners just share something I think um, just get to know different friends. Uh, I personally have been very blessed in very interdenominational settings and that you know gave me uh, all the conclusions or the, the, the ruminations that I came <laughs> up with. So yeah, take the opportunity to get to know people who are Christians outside your church and you'll be surprised how much you'll be blessed by them and how much they can show you um, God and His goodness and His love to you. Alright, thank you so much Yamping and this is uh, episode 7, I'll catch you guys on the next one, peace out. <laughs>